All right, here we go. So I don't know if you guys have seen this video yet of the Oregon public health official dressing up in clown makeup, full clown makeup. Looks like the Joker here. A ridiculous outfit, uh, a black shirt with white polka dots, and uh, a red tie, yellow pants, and a, a gold star. Just completely ridiculous, completely absurd. This is the the point where we're supposed to be like, oh, there's my critical thought. These people are idiots. These people are insane. These people are not qualified to rule over us. These people are criminals. I mean, do you do you not think she knows what she's doing? Look at her. I mean, this is just so ridiculous. So I want to dive into here. Um, I also want to remind people that we do have a new interview that I did with Zach Voorhees. So make sure to go check that out. Uh, that's on the backup YouTube channel, the bit shoot, all that stuff, the LBRY. But let's dive in here. Uh, the first story of the day, like I mentioned, Oregon's public health authority had their MD dress up like a clown and announce COVID deaths. Because that makes sense, right? This has been viewed 1.3 million times on Twitter. And now we're all going to have to watch it again. This is like, what is going on here? As of today, there have been 38,160 cases of COVID-19 in Oregon, with 390 new cases being reported today. Sadly, we are also reporting three deaths today, bringing the statewide total for COVID-19-related deaths to 608. Why are you dressed like a clown? This is absurd. This is absurdity on display. This is tyranny, actually. I mean, these people think they can do whatever. She probably got a call from the people who own her, more or less. Uh, she's probably compromised or bribed or something. And they said, hey, uh, we decided you're going to be wearing clown makeup. And you're going to be reading the COVID deaths. Like, what other explanation is there? She decided on her own accord. Uh, it says here, Oregon's public health authority had their MD dress up like a clown. Can we please get some more uh, context here? I thought the uh, I thought the tech companies were all about giving us context. I could really use some context right now. Like, is there any way that this is not the craziest thing? Uh, it says here, Dr. Claire Poach, a senior health advisor for the Oregon Health Authority, donned white and red clown makeup and a red tie with a polka dot shirt and a somber clip. This is independent. Does she say why she... Oh, it says here, the costume was actually part of a discussion on celebrating Halloween safety during the pandemic. I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of these lunatic fools who are the so-called experts because they toe the, uh, the line and they've been groomed since children, educated and re-educated and re-educated just like communist China to go along with the cult and do their part. It's straight up um, authoritarian, totalitarian, and I, I, I really hate this uh, scientific dictatorship they're rolling out. It's very frustrating to argue against. You know, if, if Bush does, you know, something crazy, we can say George Bush is, is a, you know, a moron, an idiot. I disagree with him. If they get their scientists to come out and do something crazy, we all have to just say, oh, of course, the emperor has amazing new clothes. 
and I'm really getting sick of it. So uh, that, that kind of reminds me here, uh, we do have a new website set up and I'm trying to get people to sign up. So I have this big discount going right now for 50% off for your lifetime of your account. It's um, just $4 a month. I have a ton of documentaries on here and there's a lot more um, coming. And the great thing is that everybody with an account can share their own content. You just go new video, you paste in the URL you click um, whether you want to share it with your channel, your subscribers or not. And I think that this is a way that we can circumvent the algorithm using math for good. And so uh, I'm using Apache Mahout, just to show you guys a little bit of how it works, um, for machine learning. So we have our own algorithm over here, except for this one isn't trying to brainwash us into compliance and submission to people like this clown lady here so groupdiscover.com the coupon code is ytpurge2020 all one word lowercase ytpurge2020 and um and and come on over and, and share videos that's what this is all about if we all share videos then uh we can totally circum um circumvent circumnavigate the tech censorship all right so next up um, I saw this. I thought this was pretty crazy. Uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort charged U.S. taxpayers, th that is the government uh, books, $3 for a glass of water. Uh, did you get uh, my video? Kevin asks if I got uh, a video in the comments section. Um, did you put it on Group Discover or on YouTube? Uh, I haven't seen uh, your video if you put it on to this new site. So uh, apparently Trump charged $3 for a glass of water. And uh, this was charged to the U.S. taxpayer. Um, this is when Japanese Prime Minister Shinozo Abe came. And, and this might be a hit job. I, I don't know if it's, um, you know, just made up or anything. But I think this is pretty ridiculous if Trump is using his position to enrich his businesses. Now I know people are going to say, "Oh, he donated his um, he donated his money, his salary," um, but he's also spending a ton of money uh, from the government to go around and campaign. I mean, he uses Air Force One to campaign, and uh, all the secret security costs and everything. So uh, let's see what happened here: thirteen thousand seven hundred dollars charged for rooms. $16,500 charged for food and wine, and $6,000 for floral arrangements. Uh, it says here in the first line, President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago Golf Club in Florida once charged taxpayers $3 for a glass of water. Now, how could they justify $3 for a glass of water? I guess 200% markup on a bottle of water, maybe? Or is it tap? Did they, did they filter the tap water at least? <laughs> It's pretty crazy. So I'm no fan of Trump. A lot of times I, I call out the, the Democrats and I will do that in this vi in, in this video. But I want to make it very clear that there's few and far um, few and far between in terms of politicians that I support and approve of. And Trump's not one of them. All right. So. Uh, big, big questions emerging in Detroit and Pennsylvania as lots of ballots come up missing. Check this uh, news clip out. This is uh, 
Bill C. Cole on YouTube. I follow this channel. He, he clips out some good, interesting stuff. So let's see what this is. Only on 7, the search for hundreds of missing ballots in the Detroit postal system. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm Carolyn Clifford. And I'm Dave Llewellyn. Detroit City Clerk Janice Winfrey launched an investigation after 7 Action News contacted her about the problem last week. There are 500 documented voters who requested absentee ballots that never arrived. But we know the clerk's office sent them out, so where are they? And tonight is where Jim Kirchner reports this happened in several postal centers in northwest Detroit. The clerk tells us several zip codes are involved in this investigation. How many zip codes are we talking about? How many ballots are we talking about? Oh, a lot. Um, so we had about, I'm going to say 500. The clerk says that's based on the number of voters who have followed up and contacted her office, saying they requested an absentee ballot and didn't get it. The process is the lost ballot in the mail has to be spoiled. Well, so before we play the clip, uh, Kevin Dugan brings up a good point. He says, I understand security would be a huge issue in campaigning as a current president and be expensive to campaign. Yeah, I understand that, too. I'm not like knocking all the expenses and everything, although I do think that we're wasting a ton of money as a country. We can't even pay everything. We don't have any money. You look at uh, like look at the the video I did yesterday. It was a four and a half video with uh, the Senate Commerce Committee interviewing the tech giants. Now, <laughs> I know it looked in that meeting like the tech giants were getting grilled, but who has the power really? I mean, I guess the government can regulate them and make their lives hell, but these tech companies have tons and tons of money with maybe the exception of Twitter. Um, they, they have tons and tons of money. And what does the government have? A sweetheart deal with the Federal Reserve? A lot of guns and tanks and planes? Uh, uh, have them sign an affidavit saying that they're going to spoil the ballot that's somewhere in the mail. And then we issue them another ballot right there that they can vote right there in the vote center. Detroit postal officials declined an interview for this report. Get this, the clerk says she was told they went through several post offices in northwest Detroit to find the missing ballots, and they could not. 500 missing ballots went somewhere. They swept the entire building. And they didn't see, they could, they did not find anything out of the ordinary. In fact, in other words, they didn't find any stacks of ballots that weren't being processed in mail. And we're talking 500 of about nearly 200,000 that were mailed out. All voters statewide are now being told, don't use the mail, vote in person or hand deliver your ballot. And they're hearing it. I tell all my friends and church people, watch that news and see what's going on to use those with their absentee ballots and any requests for these coming in now she says will be sent out via overnight mail gonna be a big it's gonna be a big mess big big mess all right what's our next story trump campaign website briefly hacked aka seized quote unquote uh by bitcoin hackers who claim to have evidence that proves his criminal involvement with foreign actors to manipulate the election so I don't think that this claim is really substantiated. I mean, it's possible. I'm not discounting it. I think, you know, he seems like he's in league with Israel, for instance. But, uh, you know, it's just a hacker. It, people, like, 
you'll get emails all the time about just like people making up absurd claims to try to get Bitcoin from you. So don't believe everything a Bitcoin hacker says, I guess is my point. Um, so basically, I think they let me see if there's a, a screenshot here right here. This site was seized. <laughs> this is kind of funny that they hacked him. Uh, and, and very quickly, they uh, they I think took down the site using their DNS settings. So the way it works with the website is when you buy a domain, you really or you don't buy a domain. You register a domain for a period of time, one or three years or something. And that allows you to tell anyone who goes to that domain which server to talk to. So anyone who types that into their browser will will talk to whatever server you specify or it, it could redirect. It can, you can do a number of things. And so they have the ultimate uh, power, unless unless somebody was to actually hack their DNS account too, the registrar account, then they'd be really uh, effed. Although it still would be hard, they'd have to like transfer it out of there, you know. It'd be, <laughs> but uh, I'm getting into the details. Let's see what it says here. The site was seized, and it puts the <laughs> they put the Department of Justice and FBI logos on the top. That's kind of funny. Um, should I, is, am I, is that illegal for me to think that's funny? I mean, it's totally ridiculous and like using color of the law when you're not allowed to, it's totally illegal. I'm not saying it's, it's a good idea. I just think it's kind of funny. Um, the world has had enough of the fake news spread daily. They have, they made fake news a one word with a hyphen, um, spreaded, spreaded daily by president Donald, Donald J. Trump. It is time to allow the world to know truth. I think this is like a troll. Um, or, or they just don't know very good English, but I think it's, you know, like, I guess one thing is if you're going to put your writing out there like this, you don't want it to match your, your actual writing. So maybe that's why they wrote it like this. See what other images we have. Just Trump. All right. A kind of a side story there. Just thought that was interesting. Um, this is interesting. The next story full release. Ashley Biden diary reveals uh, childhood trauma, drug abuse, resentment for Joe, says whistleblower. Now, apparently, National File has published all 112 pages of Ashley, the daughter of Joe, her diary, which apparently she left at a rental home or something. And uh, there's some very concerning stuff in there, um, namely inappropriate showers or something with with her dad although this could be all fabricated it would be an elaborate hoax though be an elaborate hoax but the timing is interesting right it comes out right before the election so uh here's another article here aoc poses in fourteen thousand dollar clothes on vanity fair cover to push communism and cusses out trump here she is. I, I haven't fact-checked, but it looks kind of like an expensive jacket there. Is that $14,000 jacket? It's kind of a rip-off. She's still pushing a $10 to $90, or $10 to $90 trillion green plan, according to this article. $14,000. Like, how do you, how do you reconcile that with, like, being a being for the people. I don't know. 
I think we do know, actually. She's for herself. She's another sellout liar, it appears. All right, next up. Top Democrats began to uh, begin to panic as Biden mirage dissipates and reality sets in. This is a Gateway Pundit article, so take it with a grain of salt. But um, let me see what they're... All right, let's watch, let's watch uh, this. And I also want to point out, you, you know this guy on the right, uh, John Podesta. And uh, I think some people call him Skippy. I'm not sure what that's about. Um, John Podesta on the right here did a, a war, war game scenario. He's like one of the top thinkers in the Democratic Party, as far as I could tell. And I use the word thinker um, in, a, in a loose sense. So he... Uh, he had a war game scenario, and I think I hear there were like thousands of people watching the Democrats here, and they were all going through the different things that could happen. And uh, the New York Times write-up had this scenario at the very end, and they made it very creepy and uh, foreboding. The scenario was similar situation as 2016. Joe wins the popular vote, but it looks like Trump's going to win uh, from the Electoral College. And... Um, Podesta comes out as Joe and says, no, we're not going to concede the election. And then uh, California and Oregon come out and say, we're, we're going to secede if you if Trump becomes president or something. And and then the end of the New York Times article said. And at that point, the nation stopped watching the media and turned to the military to decide it's like, what, what are you guys talking about? That's that's a crazy thought. All right, let's see what uh, Podesta is talking about here. John, I, I've been thinking about you a lot because I think a lot about 2016, we all do, uh, down the stretch of this election. What is your read, uh, having lived through that campaign, having lived through the big polling mess, particularly in those Midwestern states, as as, as you watch this unfold in the last week? Where Where's your head at? I'm stressed out, Chris, like <laughs> the Democrats from the country. <laughs> but I think you... John, I, I've been thinking about you a lot because... Oh, is that it? He's stressed out? And uh, I think uh, sometimes these guys, like, talk over our heads. It's like, okay, why has Chris Hayes really been thinking of John Podesta a lot? That's the question. And, uh... Yeah, I, here's another thing. We'll probably get to some of this. Um... There's a lot of like weird stuff with people referencing the Pode not the Podesta, the uh, Epstein Island. You know, the the uh, the striped temple building, the, the white and blue striped temple building and all the palm trees. We see them uh, making references to this a lot, it seems. And we'll get to one example where it's like some. I, oh, it's uh, I was going to say. Uh, oh, yeah, I know the couple. It's um, Zuckerberg and his wife and Zuckerberg's wearing this. uh striped white and blue mask and his wife is wearing a palm tree mask and it's like we see we see this pattern a lot it's um i've covered it in the past all the different times we've seen people kind of like hinting at it it seems uh we saw somebody wearing um she was wearing a white and blue striped shirt and her collar she had like this little collar that was popped just like how the the stripes change at the top of the the temple to go in diagonal from uh horizontal so I don't know. I, it just seems very weird. And then uh, Ellen DeGeneres, or De, 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 uh, what's her name? DeGeneres, Ellen DeGeneres uh, came out, or no, no, she didn't come out. She, her set for years has been 
eerily similar to Epstein's Temple Island place. And it still is. We're going to, I think, have a clip of Kamala on the set here. So we'll, we'll retouch on that in a second. Um, censorship by big tech is imperiling America's democracy. This is a, a new article, National Interest. And um, first of all, America doesn't, have, America doesn't have a democracy. It's really funny to see everybody use the same argument, but it's wrong. Um, I get their point. They're like, we should have, you know, well, actually, I don't get these guys' point. I don't get anybody's point these days. We should, I mean, we have a representative democracy right now. So the question is, okay, how do we, uh, I guess, reform the parties, get the corruption out of the parties so we can get better choices? And then how do we make the best choices when it comes time to vote? And then how do we hold them accountable to represent us best? Um, and I think the answer to all of that is to have a free flow of information, countering bad speech with, you know, correct speech. And it's just uh, crazy to hear them all say this is a big threat to our democracy. But I do agree that uh, censorship by big tech is a big issue. But I, I don't see it the same way everyone else does. Um, it's funny. I, I see people getting so triggered by this, by getting mistreated by these companies. And uh, I get it. I get why they're mad. I'm not even I'm not even angry at them, you know, uh, at, the, at the people getting upset, that is. My, my whole point is it's like, it seems like we're being trapped. It seems like we're being gold into usher in something that's going to be detrimental to us in the long run. And uh, it's kind of like net neutrality. Like a lot of people never even understood the, the net neutrality argument. Um, I didn't really understand it either, <laughs> but I, I was very skeptical of it, for, you know, from the start. They made it sound so great. They're like, oh, yeah, we want everybody to be treated equal. We want we don't want the big companies to fast track their own traffic and all this stuff. And I'm like, OK, well, if that's what it's about. Great, but they always hide a lot of crazy stuff in, and they use this Orwellian doublespeak uh, to to get you to sign on to their programs, to their initiatives, like machine learning fairness. Who could be against machine learning fairness? Oh, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be nicer if we had some more women show up if when we search CEO? Doesn't it suck how we have all men show up? Oh yeah, that's nice. Let's let's make it a little bit more fair. So, uh. The young, the young children and the young uh, girls especially don't feel, you know, you know, like they, they, they're not welcome in certain areas of society. I, I'm for that. But then they go and they say, all right, now we're going to just completely push Joe Biden because we're all friends with him and we really just like the Democratic Party to rule over the people and to, to write our laws and to, you know, have our backs. And it, it's just crazy. It's really crazy. So what's this article about? I didn't even really read it. Um, we saw the full press conference, or it wasn't even a press conference, was it? It was a uh, Senate meeting, the Commerce Committee. Uh, we watched that yesterday. If you didn't see that, I have it on my channel with my commentary. We watched it all, four and a half hours. Uh, and I there's a lot of takes about this. And, you know, I think the in most interesting thing that Jack Dorsey said in, in the debate, not the debate, I keep using weird words. Um, the most interesting thing he said in the, in the meeting was about algorithm explainability, which I think is a very interesting concept. Like even the designers of the algorithm don't know really why any given choice was made. It's, it's so abstract and complex and it's not supposed to be designed. It's not supposed to be interpreted or explained 
to humans. It's just supposed to to work. It's like, hey, computer, you're we we just treat you like a black box, and you just do whatever you need to do, whatever works the best. And uh, that's explainability or the lack of explainability. And I thought that that was really interesting because a lot of people don't understand that about um, recommendations or these algorithms in general is that they can really solve for any problem. Like we get this, we, we hear this pressure from, from Congress now on these companies saying fair algorithms are unfair. <laughs> and I use the word fair because I like those algorithms. It's like, let's take every single person and treat them as equal and then find similar people to them and give them the best recommendations possible. That's a wonderful feature in a system. And then they come along and they say, no, that's, that's too fair. You know, some hate, some hate might, uh, propagate through the system. So we need you to redesign this engineers so that people get some somewhat interesting stuff, but mostly just the establishment stuff that steers them towards the democratic party or, you know, whatever they're trying to do. And, uh, it's very concerning because if they get to that, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do after that? What are they going to do after that? All right. But I, I do want to maybe bring some people on and have debates about what big tech, like what, what our response to big tech censorship should be. And I'm not, I'm not really against the people who uh, want to like lock them up and get them on treason or on sedition or something. If, if you can prove that, and I, I don't think it's impossible. I think there's probably some, some, ways you could prove that. But again, it's a black box and, and we don't really know what they designed their algorithms to do. We can guess, but it's way too complex to really reverse engineer. And that's okay. I'm glad I, I said that because um, that's, that's what I've been struggling to get at. So not only is it hard to explain these algorithms, it's, 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 it's especially hard to reverse engineer it. <laughs> so, um, let me compare it again to this uh, chess analogy that I keep using. Chess.com. I really don't know how to... Oh, there we go. New game. Rematch. Okay. So, you don't really know what the computer's doing. It doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden, your, your king is dead, right? So, it's making... It's finding patterns and exploiting mistakes that you made that you don't even really... Uh, understand. And um, after a while, your your king gets killed, right? It usually takes me about 15 moves. So um, after a while, you realize, okay, the computer's trying to kill my king, and it's pretty ruthless, and it's killing all my pieces. And anyone who's played chess before kind of figures that the computer's going to be trying to beat it at chess, right? But when we get onto the internet, and we go onto YouTube and Facebook and these other top companies, Twitter, uh, it's it's a lot harder to recognize what they're trying to do with their algorithms. It's a lot harder to reverse engineer what they are um, trying to accomplish. And I don't want to sit here playing chess all day, but it's it's pretty interesting. They always tend to beat me in like 15 moves. <laughs> so uh, I can probably show you the end of this match. They'll just make some crazy move and it's like, oh, game over. And a uh, shout out to everybody out there, uh, Jadmar, Kevin, Sar, Cyber Dissident. It's uh, great to see everybody. I'm just messing around. I'm not a good. I'm not good at chess, and I'm certainly not doing a good job here. 
All right. So you see, I'm about to about to get demolished, right? It's hard as when we use the tech company's uh, software to reverse engineer their algorithms. What are they solving for? What are they solving for? Because we know that they, they're having meetings with Congress all the time where they're talking about how their algorithm is pushing hate and they need to redesign their algorithm so it doesn't push hate. You know how crazy that sounds to somebody who just wants free flow of information? Oh, you don't want to push any hate? You know, hate's a human emotion, right? I mean, it makes as much sense as saying you don't want to push love. Oh, no, why would you want to not push love? It's like, well, why would you not want to push hate? Do you not think there's evil in this world? Do you not think we should hate evil? I think hate has its place. Uh, all right, so uh, this article, CNBC says, Facebook, Google, Twitter CEOs to tell senators changing liability law will destroy how we communicate online. And that may or may not be true. It depends how the liability law is changed and enforced and, and what kind of lawsuits um, arise out of uh, the loss of some liability or some um, protections. But we know why the companies are pushing to, to keep the liability law because they can do whatever they want. Remember, Section 230 allows them not only to keep up whatever they want, but they can also remove whatever they want. So they're, they're sitting pretty, high and dry, right? And uh, what was I going to say? But here's the problem. Here's the problem is these companies also stand to benefit from having that law retracted because smaller companies can't compete. And also we have to think about what are these companies going to do? Think it... Now that I just played a, a quick game of chess, I'm, I'm starting to think of it like uh, game theory. Okay, one person does something. What's the other person going to do? Then what's the other person going to do? And what's the likelihood? So what is, what, what is Facebook going to do? What is Google going to do? What is Twitter going to do if Section 230 is repealed? Are they going to stop censoring people? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's maybe one outcome. If everybody who gets censored for just you know a, a standard political opinion can sue them, then they'll have to leave up more political stuff. But what about the people who want to talk about other things? Um, other controversial topics. Like now we're getting the governments coming in and saying, oh, you have to leave the, the mainstream parties up there. How dare you think about removing the mainstream parties? But what, what? You're leaving Holocaust questioning content? People have questions about the Holocaust and they're expressing what they don't understand online? People are being People are saying incorrect things on the internet, and you're leaving that up? I mean, it was a disgrace to watch the U.S. government in that uh, that Senate meeting, especially the Democrats, but the Republicans too, because the Republicans is is a different... I mean, it's, it's, it's a very dangerous road. Um, they're all authoritarians. They, they just want to be the authority themselves or give that to one of their special interests that bought them out. Uh, this is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, speaking of Zuckerberg, we have an email chain pop up about Mark Zuckerberg on Hunter's laptop. Uh, something about him getting a PTSD vertical. I didn't know what they were talking about here. Um, when I see the word PTSD, I think post-traumatic stress disorder. 
Um, oh, look at this, actually. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, I see you now. One big is that Zuckerberg is investing in the veterans vertical. He's going to own the vertical of PTSD. In his and partners for-profit foundation. So he's going to try to, to cash in on, on shell shock. He's going to try to, to cash in on veterans PTSD. What does that mean? And uh, what is Facebook doing in regards to war? The, the, these are interesting questions I, I, I need to ask. And I just wanted to show that to, to people. Uh, in the chat, Jad Mar says, Kissinger had a meeting with Trump a few weeks ago. I think I saw that. Um, I, or maybe they've had multiple meetings. I, I've seen a meeting with the two. And Trump just like kisses his ass. He's like, uh, he basically says he's a great guy and a hero of his or something like that. Ridiculous. Okay, uh, here's uh, Chanel from OAN. Hunter Biden and Devin Archer were planning to launder $500 million from Kremlin assets. U.S. sanctions prevented the legal transfer, so they worked a way around the sanctions. $35 million was used as a tester amount. Biden partner says, quote, there's so much more. And it says down here, Gustarev directed his nephew to establish an alternate, quote, relationship with Rosemont. The parties agreed that the Gustarev family would become partners in Rosemont Realty, the general partner, instead of investing in the real estate fund. The Gustarev family invested $35 million, there's that $35 million, for an approximately 35% equity state in Rosemont with full partner status. Hmm. All right, this is crazy. Mandatory California Christmas and Thanksgiving gathering guidelines. And I haven't uh, I haven't confirmed this, but this is crazy if true. It says, no more than three households, including your own, may gather. So two other people can come over and uh, their family if they have family. The house of the gathering must collect all names and addresses of those attending. All gatherings must be held outside. You can go to the bathroom inside if the bathroom is frequently sanitized. You are allowed, you are allowed to gather in an open park, three households only, but no concurrent gatherings like with people you know in the same park. That's going to that's so stupid. Like with people you know <laughs> in the same part. All seating must be socially distanced. All food must be in single serve disposable dishes. What? All seating has to be socially distanced? You must wear a mask at all times unless you are eating. Wow. So in between bites, California's given that guidance before. You can only gather for two hours maximum. And then get this, singing is discouraged, but if you have to sing, if you must sing, you must wear a mask and sing below a standard speaking voice. Literally the Grinch as a government, California. All right, so uh, here's an article. Russia implements a national mask mandate as coronavirus cases surge. So... That's a lot of people, a lot of land that just imposed a national mask mandate. What about that uh, Sputnik vaccine? 
Why are their lives still hell over there? Not that I'm saying that vaccines are the answer. I don't think that. I guess they could be if, if done right. I don't think they're, you know, up to my standard. I have standards. Uh, but masks, you know, aren't my thing either. I've got to be careful what I say on, on YouTube. All right, next up. This is a pretty cr- crazy clip at uh, uh, Epstein's Island. Or wait, no, no, no. This is uh, Ellen's set. All right, here we go. Ellen talking to Kamala Harris. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? (laughs) She laughs way too long here. Watch. Ellen's like, oh, man, I hate my job. If you had to be stuck in an elevator... Watch it one more time. ...elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, moving on. This was uh, interesting. He, uh, Tony Bobulinski went on Tucker Carlson for an interview where he said that Joe Biden said that he doesn't get caught because of, um, uh, what was the term he used? I want to say qualified, no, uh, plausible deniability, excuse me, not qualified immunity, plausible deniability, which has a very unique definition. Let me show you that real quick. Qualified immunity, not qualified. immunity. What am I talking about? Um, plausible. <laughs> they rhyme, I guess. Plausible deniability. The ability of people typically senior officials in a formal or informal chain of command to deny knowledge of or responsibility for any damnable actions committed by others in an organizational hierarchy because of a lack or absence of evidence that can confirm their participation. So he doesn't think they have any dirt on him. You know, it's, it's Hunter, you know, just doing Hunter stuff. Doesn't have to do with me. Well, let's see who's paying for what bills, I guess. Um, A lot of people suspect that Hunter, you know, might pay some of the uh, mortgages and stuff like that. So uh, here's another take. Uh, Gateway Pundit says tech tyrants who have eliminated a majority of conservative content on their platforms insist stripping them of 230 protections would harm free speech. And I do like this take. Uh, Jim Hoff, I I like at least the headline here. I I probably don't agree with him on what we should do about this, but uh, it is ironic that we have the tech tyrants claiming to be about uh free speech and they they actually uh dorsey actually said and i I recommend you guys watch that whole um that whole stream if you can stomach it but uh dorsey came out and said that they remove content so that people are more able to express themselves because certain content just dampens the whole the whole space apparently there's a lot of people like, oh, did you see that that content I don't like over there? I'm going to stop speaking. And that is, uh, I guess, a phenomenon that does happen sometimes with harassment. Uh, you could you could look at, say, the uh, monster study where they um, some psychiatrists who are evil, 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 um, basically just messed with the minds of little kids in a classroom setting and said, oh, you're about to develop a stutter. And, you, you know, um. Our research shows that you will develop a stutter in the next few months. And then they'd berate every little mistake they made. 
and the the student, the child, an orphan actually in this case, uh, would close up and stop trying to express themselves because they only got negative reinforcement. So I, I do kind of get the argument. Uh, it's definitely a well thought out argument, right? Oh, we, we're no, we're not deleting you because we hate speech. We we're deleting you because we want more speech. <laughs> it's like, OK, I, I see how you twisted that. OK, so uh, this is a video uh, that's making its rounds on Twitter, and I'm actually uh, a little bit uh, psyched because I actually made this video. Um, I didn't you know, I'm not this dude here or anything, but. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of some good news, right? Uh, and, and a lot of bad news lately for the channel. You know, we had our uh, first strike. We we're kind of on the on the fence over there on the main channel. And I had to delete a bunch of content. And then to see one of the videos kind of making its rounds with almost um, almost a million views on different channels uh, is pretty cool. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I, maybe the story would have gotten out. But I think that this certainly helps, you know. And all I did basically was, you know, put a little graphic on here, merged two clips together from New uh, New Zealand authorities, put subtitles on. And I think the subtitles really helped it spread. So, you know, it's it's kind of a weird, surreal feeling to see something you made going viral. And, uh, and I guess it's just some good news. So I want to play this clip since they made me delete everything <laughs> off my other channel, more or less. Um, let's just watch this clip. It's, it's, I also think it's funny that I slipped in some memes, um, that I think are pretty funny that have maybe been watched millions of times. All right, let's watch. As part of our overall national response to this new outbreak, I am now directing medical officers of health that all cases, confirmed cases, are to be managed in a quarantine facility. Now, this is different to how positive cases were managed when we were last at levels four and indeed three, and shows how serious we are about limiting any risk of ongoing transmission, even in self-isolation and including to others in the household. This will apply to any cases and also close family members who might be at risk as appropriate. A reminder, these facilities has been, have been set up specifically and have excellent processes and resources in place to look after people with COVID-19, including health staff on site at all times. And it will help us avoid any further inadvertent spread into the community as part of our overall response. If someone refuses in our um, facility... Here's one of the memes I snuck in. There's a spike in corona cases because there's a spike in testing. If we gave more IQ tests, there'd be a spike in morons too. To be tested, they have to keep Calm down, we're only doing fascism until there's a vaccine. So they won't be able to leave after 14 days. They have to stay on for another 14 days. So it's a pretty good incentive. You either get your tests done and make sure you're cleared, or we will keep you in a facility longer. So I think people, most people will look at that and say, I'll take the... I'll take the test. I've got a number of questions about people um, refuse, you know, what do we do if someone refuses to be tested? Well, they can't now. If someone refuses in our um, facilities to be tested, they have to keep staying. So they won't be able to leave after 14 days. They have to stay on for another 14 days. So it's a pretty good incentive. You either get your tests done and make sure you're cleared or we will keep you in a facility. 
longer. So I think people, most people will look at that and say, I'll take the, I'll take the test. So absolutely insane clips there. And uh, it's just uh, evidence that you never know, you know, what little bit of work you do is going to make an impact. You know, I spend a lot of time making videos and you never know which one's going to go viral or if any of them will. And so it's kind of surreal to see something with, you know, 763,000 views here. And uh, it's also on other channels like this one here with 46,000. And I, I just keep seeing it pop up and it's like, oh, that's super weird. Uh, <laughs> but I love it. Uh, you know, I want I want to see more of that in the future. That's my goal. So, all right, next up, uh, here's Trump talking about repealing Section 230. We covered this a bit in the last stream, but I want to mention it real quick. He says the USA doesn't have the freedom of the press. We have suppression of the story or just plain fake news. So much has been learned in the last two weeks about how corrupt our media is. And now big tech, maybe even worse, repeal Section 230. All right. So um, this is kind of an interesting clip from Hillary Clinton that I, I haven't really had a chance. Well, I did watch it a little bit. There's some interesting lines. So let's let's watch through this. Uh, I'm going to play it at one and a half speed. Just kind of gives us some insight into how people are thinking out there. Same people who told me that if it were Elizabeth Warren, they would have vote for her, then not vote for her. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's been a, a, a dark week for women. Um, we, we talked a little. It's been a dark week for women. Has anyone else? I mean, it's been a dark ten months for humanity. Um, what are you talking about? It's been a dark week for women, and she's going to talk about ACB, like oh, having Amy Comey Barrett on the Supreme Court's a dark week for women. I I just don't understand it. And then what was the other announcement that came out this week? I, aren't they, don't they keep talking about how they're going to send a woman to the moon to, to study water? It's just like, why are we even drawing lines in like gender discrepancies and being like, okay, how, how did men do this week? How did, how, how, how did the week go for women? Oh, that was a dark week for women. That was a dark winter for women. That was, you know, like, what are they talking about? Well, imagine if they did this with like some other feature, like eye color. You know how crazy that would sound if they came out and started talking about, you know, uh, this was a bad, bad week for uh, blue eyed folks <laughs> or the, the brown eyes had a had a real tough one this uh, this summer. Supreme Court earlier, but I, I, yeah. I want to ask you more about it because I, I'm, I'm feeling lost. Yeah, Tony Barrett is seated. We did not have the same. It's a pandemic, but we did not have the same level of at least vocal. Did she say that Amy Coney Barrett cheated? Seated. We did not have the same. It's a pandemic. Yeah, it's been a, a, a dark week for women. Um, yeah. we, we talked a little yeah. about the Supreme Court earlier, but I, I, yeah. I want to ask you more about it because I, I'm, I'm feeling lost. Yeah. Tony Barrett is seated. We did not have the same. It's a pandemic, but we did not have. Oh, is seated. I see. And she's going to say she we didn't have the same outrage in the streets like we did with. Uh, Kavanaugh. The same level of at least vocal in the streets outrage that we had around Kavanaugh. Are you worried that women are feeling hopeless? And do you think that court reform is a, a, a way that we could actually rectify some of this situation? I think a lot of women are feeling um, discouraged. Uh, this appointment to the court is as clear a signal uh, that uh, there's going to be a concerted effort to turn the clock back on women. Um, on the Wait, there's going to be a concerted effort to turn the clock back on women? Uh, can you please elaborate, Clinton? Can you please elaborate? 
they're going to turn the clock back on women. Oh, okay. Are you talking, maybe they're talking about uh, abortion rights or something. And that's turning the clock back. It's funny how they define progressivism, right? Like if, if we somehow could migrate through all of these different institutions, very powerful institutions and, and somehow actually convey to the children not to fertilize eggs unless they're, you know, going to bring them to, to birth, that kind of thing. If we, uh, if we outlawed all these options and I, I used to, and this is different than how I used to think, but I'm just, I'm just, uh, this is an if this is a hypothetical. If we, uh, stop killing fetuses and we, you know, cherished human life, um, how is that not progressing? You know, it's funny that they like to call themselves progressives, but they get to define what progressing is. So for them, it's like, oh, uh, more abortion is progressing. Look at that women's liberation. And uh, I, I do understand it's a very, very touchy subject, and I don't want the government to ban individual rights. And maybe there are some cases and uh, some shorter gestation times that might, you know, be a different story, would be a different story. But uh, how is that turning the clock back on women? They use all these terms like they're like the moral authority. They're the arbiters of moral right and wrong. LGBTQ community on rights in general, a big shift toward corporate power, toward uh, those who are um, on the right of the political ledger when it comes to guns and climate and everything else we can imagine. So I do think that there is um, a sense of that. But I also think that for a lot of people, uh, that's being channeled into this election. You know, 61 million people have already voted. That's astonishing. And the women I talk to and the shows that I'm doing and the events that I'm part of, you know, there is a determination. So, yeah, it's it's a, a feeling that, yeah, th this was not good and it's going to have consequences, but we're not giving up. We're going to forge ahead. And I agree with Biden creating a, a commission to look at this, which I think was exactly the right position to take in the middle of a campaign. You can't stop and look at, well, do we want term limits? Do we want to add numbers? What about the circuit courts? I mean, there's really complicated issues. But I, I thought it was quite telling last night on the. Did she? I, I might have missed it. Might have misunderstood her there. I think she just praised Biden for not giving answers on what he would do with court reform, as they call it. That's probably there. I'm probably giving him too much credit by calling cheating court reform. But, you know, I like I like to go on Twitter and I'll call out both sides. You know, I, I'll especially call out the, the Democrats because I, I really think that their position is wrong. In a lot of in a lot of respects, I, I I sympathize with them. I used to be one, and you know it's just a difference of opinion, I guess. But um, they always ban me. They always ban me, which is funny. The Democrats, the Republicans, don't tend to ban me, but the Democrats, you say one thing to them, and they'll ban you. So one one person was like, "Why why is nine how many Supreme Court justices we have? Why not some other number? Why not eleven? Why not 13? Well, here's the answer. Uh, there were nine circuit courts back in the day. Now there are 13. So we should have 13 like they had nine back in the day. And to be honest, I don't really care. I just look at all this as like, okay, how are, who's going to decide who to appoint more people into the, the court, right? That That's pivotal here. And so I asked him, uh, right now or <laughs> right now or uh, when your team is in charge? as in like, when do we expand the court to 13? Cause he was like, he was railing about how we need to expand it to 13 and defending some Democrat for saying like, it's not a bad idea to expand the court. And it's just like, your, your bias is showing you're, you're so, I mean, my bias is showing too, I guess, but 
like to to say we desperately need to change the Supreme Court, add four more justices, and then someone's like, okay, like right now, and they're like, no way in hell right now. <laughs> when I when I tell you is when I want it to be raised by four, and not a moment before. It's like okay, random person on Twitter, tell me when. Floor as the Democrats were trying to stop the inevitable, but they they filibustered, they talked all night long. Um, Angus King, an independent from Maine, who is viewed as, you know, a very center of the road kind of guy, gets along with everybody, uh, basically stood up and said, what do you expect us to do? If you're going to treat the courts like this, having denied Merrick Garland, having packed the circuit courts with unqualified Federalist Society ideologues, most of whom have never tried a case, um, are robots for the right wing uh, agenda, what do you expect us to do? There are consequences. So I thought that was as strong a signal from somebody who's not, you know, considered on the on the left or the far left, but is a real, you know, uh, useful and productive member of the Senate, uh, but an independent to come out and send that message. So let's see what happens. But you know, I told the uh, the Obama campaign. I mean, the Obama. I told the Biden uh, campaign and the and the Biden transition that they're going to have to move. Really- so uh, she she um, got the name wrong. She said Obama. I mean Biden. And someone laughed. And. Uh, that might have been a, a strategic tactic by Hillary Clinton. That might not have been an honest mistake um, to use this hero of all of theirs. And I, I'm not saying Obama's a hero. I think people have been uh, deceived. But uh, I just want to play that again. Do you think that this is a legit mistake or is she trying to use subliminals here? To come out and send that message. So let's see what happens. But, you know, I told the... Uh, the Obama campaign, I mean, the Obama, I told the Biden uh, campaign and the, and the Biden transition that they're going to. I think she forced that. I think that was uh, by design and it worked. Look at like some people just. Uh, are just so I mean, uh, I'm not even going to say it. I just think like. Hillary Clinton knows what to do around certain types of people, like I think the Democrats go based off their feelings on things and they don't think logically. And I think that they're more more susceptible to those kinds of linguistic tricks. I have to move really fast because let's assume we take back the Senate. It matters whether we take it back and we have 50 votes or 51 votes or more. And we're going to have to move really quickly. Now, thankfully, Nancy Pelosi, bless her heart in every way uh, we can, has teed up a lot of great legislation. It's been sitting there dying in you know, Mitch McConnell's office, but she's, she has legislated on everything we care about, even uh, bipartisan legislation. Uh, so I would hope that if we get that Democratic Senate. And I would urge everybody listening to your program, please, please, please vote for Democrats if we want to if we want to get something done again in our country um, and overcome the really uh, inexcusable uh, resistance to progress we've seen from the Republicans. Uh, then I think we're gonna have to move quickly. And one of the inexplicable refusal to prog- to progress. What does she say? And I would urge everybody listening to your program, please, please, please vote for Democrats if we want to if we want to get something done again in our country um, and overcome the really uh, inexcusable uh, resistance to progress we've seen from the Republicans. Oh, inexcusable resistance to progress by the Republicans. If if we need to get something done again, America, remember when we used to do things? Remember when we passed uh, the Affordable Care Act and stole all your money and forced you to, to be customers with uh, ruthless insurance companies who are, you know, most of these plans that they forced on us, forced us to get trash value. And also uh, the mandate, or what's it called? The uh, the fine 
if you don't get insurance. So they forced us into it, and then they took a pound of flesh if you didn't. How dare you? How dare you? All right, next up, uh, Rudy Giuliani. I hadn't watched this yet. Apparently, um, he's talking to this Fox Business host, and he gets all upset uh, when she accuses him of making up the allegations. Uh, let's see if we have a clip. Um, I guess not. So he ended the interview. He accused her of defaming him. His you know he's a lawyer. It's pretty funny though. Like if you if you just like start using some of these terms with a. Uh, Trolls and stuff, you can usually scare them away. Be like, hey, man, are you defaming me? Show me the evidence. <laughs> and uh, they'll just go scurrying away. No one wants to go to jail. All right, so this is pretty boring. Let's move on to the next article. Um, I actually watched this last night. I thought it was pretty good. Alex Jones on Joe Rogan podcast. Not that, like, the material covered was good or anything. I just, I thought it was really funny. Um, it's like, maybe this was just the impression they were putting out there but joe seemed like he was on edge because he does he you know everything that he does right now is under a microscope and he had to like fact check every single little thing that uh jones brought up and uh <laughs> there's already outrage over the podcast i hear that they took down the episode uh may, let me see though because sometimes people say things and, it, and i i heard it when it came back up Um, all right, here it is on, here's the Spotify show. So Alex Jones is still on there. So for people who says he's not, uh, I guess he is. I don't know if they, they chopped out anything. Um, but I, I I hear that he made what was it like a hundred fifty or it might have even been five hundred million dollars. How much did they pay him? Um, I, I don't remember, but a lot a lot of money to to close out his YouTube account and go to Spotify, and now they can pretty much censor whatever he does. And apparently they have like a very activist um, employee base, or at least some of their employees are activists, and uh, they're getting upset people are canceling their spotify accounts now i wonder if these same people canceled their netflix netflix accounts after cuties you know what i mean like these are probably the people that thought that was a stupid story oh why would i delete my netflix account washington post told me cuties was a uh cinematic masterpiece you know what i mean like they just go with whatever they're told to think all right next up I haven't had a chance to look into this yet. Facebook permanently bans vet-owned apparel, American AF, which I think is a pretty funny name, American AF. And they sold Trump merchandise. Uh, the same day as, uh, so I guess yesterday, the same day as the Section 230 uh, meeting, So I guess, um, I guess this is one of their shirts or something. It's pretty cool looking, I guess. Although it's also, uh, 
you know, it reminds me of Soviet propaganda, like Stalinist cult of the leader propaganda. Uh, Jad says 150 million. Wow. 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 That's a lot of money. So uh, the, this company, American AF, had over 1.6 million followers on Facebook. They were, uh, they're a veteran-owned business, former Marine officer, permanently banned by the platform over its political satire merchandise, without warning. Uh, Facebook representatives said the brand was promoting merchandise with Trump and Keep America Great branding in a misleading way, namely that this was official Trump merchandise affiliated with the Trump campaign. American AF CEO Sean Wild, a former Marine officer who founded the company in 2015, said his company has never claimed to promote official Trump campaign merchandise. So, um, you know, let's let's be real. This isn't just a uh, an apparel or a business issue. This is uh, Facebook trying to censor somebody that a lot of people like and is making artwork. Artwork is very powerful. Um, it's very powerful and I'm not, I don't know what I, what I, how I feel about this artwork. I'm sure it triggers a lot of, a lot of people. Um, I, I don't really like this, like, uh, deification of Trump, you know, this, like turning him into an idol, turning him into some sort of a hero. Cause then like, I don't know. <laughs> We'll have to uh, see what happens with Trump. He he could be worse. He could be a whole lot better. And uh, I think he's their guy. So it doesn't... He doesn't seem like an outsider to me. All right, moving on, though. Here's a crazier story. Facebook deletes multiple accounts after linking lead singer in Christian rock band to QAnon research. So this guy is a professional musician, apparently. Real, real classy, going after professional musicians, like starving artists trying to make a living, and you're going to go after them and try to shut them down and censor them and make it so people can't, you know, look at their art. Uh, Facebook deletes multiple accounts after linking lead singer and Christian rock band to QAnon. This is on WXYZ.com. Never heard of that one. Uh, I guess it's an ABC Detroit station. It says here the lead vocalist of the Christian rock band Sweet Crystal logged in, tried to log into Facebook and discovered all nine of the accounts he administers for the band, their band or their brand and businesses or business had been deleted because the Goliath of social media had somehow linked him with the conspiracy movement known as QAnon. He said, that's 11 years of my life and I've never posted anything political in my life. My stuff is all inspirational or videos, photos of the band, that kind of stuff. And it was just a kick in the gut. QAnon, I'm not going to read that lie. Oh, that's interesting. When Speck was in the seventh grade, his parents allowed him to legally change the spelling of his first name from Mark with a K to mark with a Q. And for decades now, most of his fans, friends, and family members call him Q. Uh, Speck's middle name is Andrew. That's a Q 
A-N in a row, but that's my name, he said. Wow. So they found they just did a search for everybody with the with QAnon anywhere or QAN and deleted this guy because his name was too similar to the thing they're demonizing for political gains. Wow. Okay, this is crazy. This is crazy. So I had this queued up. I saw this yesterday. Kate Shimarani on Twitter. And now I came came back here to do it for the show. And it says this tweet is from a suspended account. So absolute insanity. I remember some of what the tweet said. She said that she had been arrested or something. I think she said she was arrested. And I, I remember definitely she said her laptop had been seized. She has not gotten her laptop back. And uh, just crazy stuff like that. I wish I remembered exactly what was in this tweet. Maybe we can get from the uh, replies. Uh, This person says, once you get that laptop back, probably take a while, sell it off or even bin it. They'll probably tamper with it. So best not to have it around you. So I'm reading these comments because they took away the main uh, tweet. They deleted uh, her whole account, it looks like. And it sounds like she's being persecuted for her involvement in these big rallies in the UK. Yeah, here it says, uh, Kate Shimarani account suspended. So Kate Shimarani has been attacked really hard. I don't agree with everything she says, but like I always say when I say that about her, she's pro- she could well be 10 moves ahead of me. Uh, but she says a lot of things that I have not substantiated myself. I can't rule them out. Doesn't mean I'm, uh, doesn't mean she doesn't know more than me. But uh, she says a lot of stuff that I wouldn't say because I would think it would get me censored and I couldn't prove it. But she is in the field and maybe she can prove it. That, that's kind of what I mean. So... Uh, We covered this a while back, uh, I think yesterday. Hunter Biden email reveals wiring instructions for spy chief of China, Patrick Ho. And I think he even called him the effing spy chief of China in the recording. Um, And you've probably all heard the recording a million times now. The the voice annoys me, to be honest, and I'm not going to play it again. So uh, here's another Democrat kind of freaking out as we approach election day. Um, she says, quote, it's tightening here in Michigan. Auto workers who I thought were voting for Biden told me they're voting for Trump. It's like, yeah, well, why should auto workers vote for Biden? I mean, this whole thing is crazy to me. It's like they're just going to get, get taxed to death. And their country is going to be sold out to, to some other foreign land, it seems, or some, uh, some oligarchs who are already extremely wealthy. So you had your finger on the pulse last time around in 2016. You were one of the sole voices that was trying to get people's attention and say that there could be trouble for Hillary in Michigan. You wrote, I'll quote your words back to you. I was the crazy one. I predicted that Hillary Clinton was in trouble in Michigan during the Democratic primary. I observed that Donald Trump could win the Republican nomination for president and at Rotary Clubs, local chambers of commerce, union halls and mosques. I noted we could see a Trump presidency. 
So, Madam Fortune Teller, what are you seeing this time around on the ground? So, morning, Elsie. It's always good to be with you. It, it, it's tightening here in Michigan. I, I am out there uh, probably doing more than I should, but I'm always masked. And yesterday I had the... Uh... Did she say I'm always masked? <laughs> what? Just, uh, the, the new normal is insane. The new normies? Out there uh, probably doing more than I should, but I'm always masked. And yesterday I had the, uh, I, I, the, some of the auto workers who I thought were going to go back to Joe Biden had, were very clear with me last night. They were voting for President Trump. And I think what we're seeing now is that on the ground, people have to turn out their votes. As you noted, President Trump's coming back on Friday. Uh, uh, my grapevine tells me he'll probably be back again before Election Day. Uh, President Obama and Joe Biden will be here. And it's coming down to who they're targeting and who's going to turn out. Absolutely. I think Democrats need to talk to the working men and women of the uh, auto industry, those good, hardcore workers that have... Who are the Democrats talking to? I guess they're just really hoping that women want the uh, abortion access. Like, I just don't understand who, who they're really trying to appeal to. Th their main argument is like, don't you hate Trump? Come on over here. Hope and change. Always been the backbone of our economy. Isn't Joe Biden folks. doing that? I mean, isn't he talking to those folks? He is talking to them and his ads are great. And I want to make it clear the Biden campaign is listening. But I think in these last days, people were focused on turning out the Detroit Flint votes, which matter greatly and may not quite be at the numbers people would like to see and suburban women. But we cannot. And I'm making saying that strongly now after the last two days on the ground. We can't forget that auto worker, the steel worker, the teamster whose jobs they've lost and are worried about and they want to know as Democrats would care. So are you saying that the tightening you're seeing suggests that the economy is as or more important than coronavirus and that Joe Biden somehow isn't messaging to those folks well enough? I think Joe Biden and the ad campaigns are, you know, you reach voters in many different ways. We have to make sure that we're talking. Look, you want to know what the auto worker said to me last night? He said, I'm tired of your Democratic friends. They look down on me. I said, that's not true about Joe Biden. He categorically does not. A little of what I said four years ago that President Obama promised to save our jobs, he did. But, you know, a lot of workers lost their jobs in 2008 or didn't get a pay raise for a, a long time. We have to remember that working men and women are really worried. And even as we talk about... Our yeah, it's beyond worried. We're desperate. The working men and women are desperate. You, you and your colleagues, you and your Democratic colleagues mostly, have shut down our country. It's, it's beyond insane. I mean, remember this from, from earlier, this one? The public health official joker clown makeup? She came out and told us how many new COVID cases there were with their hocus-pocus counting system. With this dude doing the sign language for her? I mean... It's beyond people are, are worried. <laughs> people are, like, losing our minds. But, you know, you reach voters in many different ways. We have to make sure that we're talking. 
Look, you want to know what the auto worker said to me last night? He said, I'm tired of your Democratic friends. They look down on me. I said, that's not true about Joe Biden. He categorically does not. A little of what I said four years ago that President Obama promised to save our jobs, he did. But, you know, a lot of workers lost their jobs in 2008 or didn't get a pay raise for a long time. We have to remember that working men and women are really worried. And even as we talk about, I was listening to you saying, won't it be great if people can get up and test uh, for COVID every day? But you know who's not going to be able to afford that test or how they're going to be able to do it? The American people? I mean, th this is what I hate is the Democrats are like, oh, they're not going to be able to afford it. And you're like, OK, well, let's not do it. Oh, well, we need to do it. <laughs> let's just buy it as a, as a country. It's like, OK, you want to buy test for everybody every day. Did you hear that? She's like, you know how some of us say that, like, we should test every day for COVID? And the, the host is like, yeah, I, I, we say that all the time. Let me play that one more time. That's not true about Joe Biden. He categorically does not. A little of what I said four years ago that President Obama promised to save our jobs, he did. But, you know, a lot of workers lost their jobs in 2008 or didn't get a pay raise for a, a long time. We have to remember that working men and women are really worried. And even as we talk about, I was listening to you saying, won't it be great if people can get up and test uh, for COVID every day? But you know who's not going to be able to afford that test or how they're going to be able to do it? The frontline workers, the the people that are in the grocery stores, the, the people that aren't making a, as much money as they want to make. These are issues we've got to remember as Democrats. And so I, I know. So I, I was reading the uh, the little thing at the bottom of the screen. And this is uh, Debbie Dingell, co-chair of the House Democratic Party and Communications Committee. So um, she, she, uh, she was also apparently, like we heard in the beginning of the interview, uh, freaking out about Clinton a little bit before uh, the disastrous uh, loss uh, four years ago. So, you know what? I don't even want to watch any. Well, let's watch a little more. I do want to watch more. I can't take my eyes away from this for some reason. Probably the CNN graphics. We've got to remember as Democrats. And so I, I know that you've said that the Biden campaign is listening. They're responsive. What's your advice to them today? I, I, I gave it to them last night when I came home. Uh, we got to focus. We've got to find ways that we can focus on uh, making sure that we're talking to white union workers and white workers. Oh, man, this this woman just got herself kicked out of the de the Democratic Party. Did she just say we need to talk to white people? Woo. Man, that's like political suicide over there. Focused on white people. What? Sorry, I, I are you guys as stunned as I am that she just said that? I mean, it's what they need to do, probably, because they've basically demonized them and and, and uh, disenfranchised them. But uh, let's play that one more time. Uh, we got to focus. We've got to find ways that we can focus on uh, making sure that we're talking to white union workers in these next few days, as well as focusing on the other numbers. Look, I, I don't. <laughs> Did she say the other numbers or the other members? I, I think she said the other numbers. Like, what? all right. You need to work on your uh, PR spins a little bit, uh, Debbie believe any of the polls. I don't think anybody's up uh, tremendously. I think it's competitive. I think Joe Biden is up right now. I think the President Trump's going to make a hard push here. 
All right. So uh, moving on. Next up, I don't know why this made it into my lineup, but I thought this was kind of interesting. Swastika painted on Biden-Harris campaign sign in Iowa. Okay, I remember what I was going to say about this. So apparently somebody woke up, went out front of the, in front of their house, and on their Biden-Harris sign, somebody had painted a red swastika. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, there is no photograph for us to kind of discern the message. Um, but it seems like, to me, and I think the Democrats are going to look at this and they're going to be like, oh, the Nazi, the Nazis are running around and they're they're uh, starting to vandalize people's houses with the uh, racist symbols. Right. That's what the Democrats are going to say. But what what was the intent of the person who put it? It was probably saying you guys, the, the Democratic Party are like Nazis. Or that's an, that's one interpretation, right, because it was put on a Biden Harris sign. Which some like I I kind of think artistically I, I get the guy's point, or or the woman's point, whoever sprayed the sign because it's like, think about what that stands for when you have a Biden Harris sign on your front lawn. I mean I know it stands for a different thing people are, people see it completely differently but a lot of people like myself see that that's like some big authoritarian government, and this person's cheering it on and. It reminds me a lot of what we saw in the 1930s in Nazi Germany. And uh, I'm not saying that the, the, the Republicans don't also. I think they all remind me a lot of it. Um, the Trump rallies, for instance, like the Sea of Red and stuff, it, it is kind of a little surreal. And then you'll have like this huge flag behind him. Is it the American flag? Nope. It's the thin blue line desecrated American flag. Basically, just like an ode to the police state. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, like I'm not I'm not trying to call out Biden and Harris exclusively. I, I, I would say the same, maybe even more for, for Trump and Harris. But you have to consider, OK, what did the person mean by drawing a swastika? And I, I don't think it's acceptable. I don't think anybody should put that that symbol on pe- people's property. But. Uh, it's kind of interesting to think about, OK, and then there's the other possibility that it was designed to make it look like somebody was under attack. You know, we see that like the the hoax hate crimes a lot. Um, and maybe this was a hoax hate crime. So I, I, I'm just kind of curious, you know, maybe it was a, um, a Hindu person who I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the swastika, of course, isn't always um, a bad symbol. I remember I had a colleague, a work colleague, a really smart guy. Um, and he told me at his wedding uh, when he married uh, there, the, he and his wife were both of Indian descent. Um, when they got married, they have some like artistic swastikas up and, um, and people would come and give them bad looks and and yell at them or something. I I don't remember the exact story, but, uh, you know, people, you know, see, see the symbol differently, obviously. And, uh, yeah, Marcus says, to be honest, it's one of the most holy symbols in history. I think so. And it, it, as far as I can tell, at least in part references the big dipper going around the North star the uh, polaris the pole star um and to think that that's been happening for much of recorded human history is pretty remarkable if you think about this ball tossing and turning through space like they tell us i don't think it is a ball by the way um i don't know what the hell it is all right moving on (laughs) moving on um oh this is a crazy 
development. Scottish hate crime bill would criminalize offensive dinner table conversations. Scotland's new odious hate crime bill would go so far as to criminalize dinner table conversations if their offensive content is reported to police. Conversations over the dinner table that incite hatred must be prosecuted under Scotland's hate crime law, reports the Times. Such conversations were previously protected under the Public Order Act 1986. All right, uh... Basically, they're starting to push into the households, not just for COVID, but also for the spread of, of information and hate, right? We, we see the same narrative happening on all these different fronts. We have the, the virus that they're talking about, but that's also dissident and uh, uh, other types of information. And uh, they talk about isolation, quarantine. They talk about also with the virus. Oh, now the home is the most dangerous place for spreading, right? Oh, and they talk about putting masks on everybody and muzzles, right? Like, what does that mean uh, symbolically if we're talking about the spread of information? And uh, now they're going into the households. And then we also have what glues all the households together, at least as far as the information envir- environment goes, and that's the Internet. So they're, they're trying to rig all the information uh, environments, such as Wikipedia, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, whatever, and then they're also going to try to regulate and move this regulation line um, to take out all the competition sites that won't go along with the program. It's, it's really crazy. It's happening on, on, on all fronts. It's the full-spectrum attack that Alex Jones warned us about. Jim Acosta, and I don't know why I just quoted Alex Jones there. I like that term, the full-spectrum dominance, I think he says, full-spectrum attack. Jim Acosta, this is a funny... Uh, clip so i'll just play it you see you hear them say cnn sucks cnn sucks and it's funny how he uh talks about it here he says this happens at just about every trump rally they chant cnn sucks at me (laughs) i've covered five presidential campaigns long enough to know this isn't normal well it's the new normal jim it's the new normal i'm just kidding uh, yeah, it's like they, they complain when things change against them. But I, I do think a lot of this is just hype uh, to, to to make people hate CNN because if they if if they can have a utter hatred of an outlet that they, they make everybody look at, think about the reverse psychology implications of that. Like maybe that's one of their most powerful tools at their disposal. I, I don't know exactly how their mind control works. It's very complex, very intricate, and a lot of it's computer driven. So uh, just having these polarized outlets in the, in the equation, and I think they're also probably utilizing high tech in terms of uh, weaponized research, uh, you know, psychological research. I'm talking about CNN when they produce their content and when they write their scripts and their shows and their graphics and everything. I think they're probably using high tech, high tech um, brainwashing, indoctrinating techniques. And then YouTube will just push those out to a bunch of people strategically using their AI, or as I like to compare it to with, as, an, as an analogy, the, uh, the master chess playing computer that can kick all of our butts. So this is how he, he um, says, this is how he puts it. Sometimes I'll scan the crowd, not for the folks who are chanting, but for the people who look back at me silently, letting me know they know 
it is wrong. <laughs> and I'm trying to find the clip right now. I know it's on my uh my bit shoot channel. Yeah, right here. Jim Acosta reluctant here. This is one of the funniest videos um I've I've seen. <laughs> this is uh Owen Benjamin's Jim Acosta reluctant hero. He's mightier than the sword. Just remember, rookie. When everyone's tweeting in one direction, you tweet in that direction. Let me let me play it at normal speed. This one I need we need the comedic timing. They say the pen is mightier than the sword. Just remember, rookie, when everyone's tweeting in one direction, you tweet in that direction. So it's, uh, it's called trending, right? Yeah, pal. It's called trending, all right. Only the mightiest of men can wield the pen. And that's when I realized that if there were no guns, there would be no crime. Hey, baby, it's me again. Yeah, I know I haven't been around in a while, and um, I've just been really busy. You know, I've been hanging out with the Property Brothers a ton and Aziz Ansari. Uh, I just want to let you know I miss you, and I, I, you know, I, I was thinking about you. A true hero is not made in war or battle, but on the internet with words. Did you get that selfie I sent you? Good, good morning, Joe. Even the greatest warriors have a breaking point. All I ever wanted is to work for CNN. I'm one of the good guys. Can one man listen to a chant? Just please call me back. That he sucks. I think the future of journalism. I don't. I don't. I don't. I've never. I don't know what journalism is. Or is that the breaking point of all men? All we ever wanted is to be a blogger or a journalist, just like our dad. All we ever wanted was to be a blogger like our dads. Um, I, I just think that's so funny. And it comes, it, you know, the other thing is I, I reference it a number of times and then I realized it's very hard to find that clip online. So I was like, people probably don't know what clip, what, you know, what skit I'm talking about, but that's Owen Benjamin. And he, I think that was from years and years ago, but I mean, uh, and here, here's like a, one of the Trump rallies these days, just compare this to the, the Biden rallies. And, uh, it's just a sea of red, right? It, it just, uh, it does kind of remind me of Germany in the thirties, a number of ways, you know, you have, uh, America first, right? America first. Then you have Deutschland uber Alice, uh, uh, Germany above all. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I could be off. I could be off, but I just, you know, huge rallies with people wearing a bunch of red just kind of gives me uh, some some flashbacks. Not that I was there. All right. Police tell public to report neighbors who break lockdown rules. And someone says, ah, oh, yeah, the, the very neighbors you rely on every day to look out for your well-being. Nah, I'm good. If they want to have people around, that's their choice to make. Good luck to the snakes out there. Uh, and I thought that was a good good take. I mean, it's just crazy. Police trying to get people to rat on their neighbors. And we have a lot of people in our midst that would do that. Uh, here's what I referenced at the beginning of the episode. Blue stripes and palm trees, kind of like the Ellen set. And people are wondering, is this a reference to a famous temple on a famous island? Um, of course, Epstein's 
temple and island. Um, do you think this person is uh, correct when they say it was not chosen by accident? Possibly. I don't know. This was kind of weird. Um, Tucker Carlson has been covering the Hunter Biden stuff recently and Joe's misconduct potentially and uh, corruption. And he had this guy on there, uh, Bob Alinsky, who talked about Joe saying that there was plausible deniability and that he could always say, oh, there's not enough evidence to show that I was involved. And uh, apparently Tucker sent some information or was going to receive some information sent through the mail and it never showed up and they tracked it through and it looks like it was intercepted. And uh, this is kind of interesting from Tucker's texts, which I guess I'm guessing Tucker put this out, right? Uh, or maybe Roger. I don't know who Roger is, but he says, hi, Tucker, it's Roger. Did you make copies of those documents or did anyone take photos? And Tucker says, of course. The point is somebody's reading our texts. So I thought that that was interesting, reading our texts. Interesting uh, thing for Tucker to conclude, right? Okay, uh, this is Dr. Burks apparently announcing that we no longer have the flu. I saw this clip. I haven't seen the full uh, speech, so I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but did she just, I mean, let's listen. Let's listen in. In partnership with CDC and state and local governments, utilizing the surveillance systems that are available, what we just talked about, the flu surveillance system, because we no longer have flu. We no longer have flu. We no longer have flu because we no longer have flu. In part. I guess we no longer have flu. It seems kind of weird, though. And of course, you know, there is speculation that uh, they're just counting flu as COVID. And I'll leave that up to you to research. So uh, next up, I had to call this out. They, they showed me this video a number of times. It was on the homepage of YouTube, uh, Joe Biden campaign ad, which ended very prominently and paused on this frame with the phrase duty to care. We have a duty to care. And this is a prime time example of what I what I think elections are all about. They can propagandize people, make it look like there's a battle going on between two sides. People pick sides and watch their their videos and stuff and it's it's just establishment propaganda. It's the status quo with um slightly different suit on, different color suit on. So duty to care though triggers me. Duty to care is one of these phrases that's been used throughout history to get people to do awful things and use their authority to do awful things. So the the, the word authority just means the uh, the right, so-called right, uh, to give orders, make uh, make decisions, and enforce obedience. Uh, right. So the the power to be able to make decisions give orders, and so on. And uh, authoritarians throughout history use that, right? It, if they want to call somebody crazy, a doctor calls them crazy, not the politician. Or maybe the politician does, but that's not how they really get um, diagnosed as schizophrenic. You have to have a psychiatrist say it. So uh, duty to care has been used throughout history. It's basically uh, the government forcing the authority on a matter to to do what to do their bidding, to do what they want. And uh, 
I said right here in my tweet, duty to care sounds nice unless you've done any research into punitive psychiatry throughout history or looked into UK's new online harms legislation they're pushing. So um, I, I urge you guys just to search these things and I'll do it real quick here. Punitive psychiatry, duty to care, and online harm, UK online harms and duty to care. So you'll see right here, this first article, definitely worth a, good, uh, worth a read, good article, probably incomplete, but interesting. Political abuse of psychiatry, misuse of psychiatry, including diagnosis, detention, and treatment for the purposes of obstructing the human rights of individuals and or groups in a society. And then um, you just search in here, duty to care. And then you get Germany's article here, but a lot of, it, but the same thing was true in Soviet, uh, Soviet Russia. But it says right here, uh, by 1936, killing of the physically and socially unfit became accepted practice in Nazi Germany. In the 40s, the abuse of psychiatry involved the abuse of the duty to care on an enormous scale. 300,000 individuals were sterilized and 77,000 killed in Germany alone, and many thousands further afield, mainly in Eastern Europe. Psychiatrists were instrumental in establishing a system of identifying, notifying, transporting, and killing hundreds of thousands of racially and cognitively compromised persons and the mentally ill in settings that ranged from centralized medical, or excuse me, mental hospitals to jails and death camps. Psychiatrists played a central role and a prominent role in sterilization and euthanasia. And then also did a bunch of research on uh, the brains of euthanasia victims. So I, I think it's interesting to uh, keep in mind that duty of care is kind of a euphemism for duty or uh, a, a lawful mandate to do something awful. Like when I hear duty to care, I hear uh, like the Orwellian equivalent, you know, here's an order to do something awful. You have a duty to care, right? That's how the collectivist gets people to do evil is they say, Oh, you're being loving, you're being caring, you're helping the collective. You know, 1984, that that phrase, which I think is is great, it's uh, oligarchical collectivism. And an oligarchy is where you when you have a few people controlling everything. And collectivism is when you have everybody sacrificing for the collective. So the people think they're serving and sacrificing the to humanity. But in reality, just a few people are running the show. Everyone's just under mind control um, delusions. So uh, the other one I wanted to show, UK's online harms legislation. So just search this with a duty to care. Uh, fulfilling duty, fulfilling the duty of care. So there's... There's also another phrase, duty of care. All right, right here. Um, an independent regulator for online safety that the UK government's going to pick. All right, I'm sure it's going to be real independent. Um, an independent regulator will implement, oversee, and enforce the new regulatory framework. And then it says here, um, the government is consulting on whether the regulator should be a new or existing body. <laughs> The, the, how, how would it be independent if it's an existing body? 
Uh, the regulator will be funded by industry in the medium term, and the government is exploring options such as fees, charges, or a levy to put in a sustainable building. Oh, so we're going to pay for it. Got it. The people are going to pay for it. Um, this could fund the full range of the regulator's activity, including producing codes of practice, enforcing the duty of care, right? So they're trying to put duty of care, and this isn't the best quote, but uh, they're trying to put a duty of care on the online service providers. So let's see if this section says anything about it. Fulfilling the duty of care. The duty of care. As, indica as indication of their compliance with their overarching duty of care to keep users safe, we envisage that where relevant companies in scope will ensure that their relevant terms and conditions meet standards set by the regulator and reflect the codes of practice as appropriate. So they, they get to tell companies what their terms and conditions have to be. Enforce their own relevant terms and conditions effectively and consistently. So this is duty of care. They're saying this is an overarching duty of care. So when we see Joe um, in this tweet here, or this uh, image that he showed to millions and millions of people trying to make this duty to care sound like a wonderful thing. You really have to ask, why are they trying to sell us on this phrase, duty to care? And it sounds nice, especially when, you, when people are looking at this and thinking, oh, Biden's going to give us free stuff. He thinks we've been disenfranchised, or what's, what's a better word? He thinks we've been wronged historically. And, and let's be real, they're playing off... Um, you know, they're, they're trying to make it look like this is about a Black Lives Matter issue here, right? That's the sense that this this graphic is giving at this point in history. And correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there, but, and he says, we have a duty to care. Let me see, can we find this uh, Joe Biden video? And I know this might not be interesting to people. It's super fascinating to me. Um, oh, here he is using the phrase duty of care or duty to care day the pandemic death toll grows each day in some states more ah come on day the pandemic death toll grows each day in some states more people test positive than the day before and each day too many american workers are still out of work and losing hope it's been reported by the president's staff that the president is quote not really working this anymore he doesn't want to be distracted by it. Doesn't want to be distracted by it. His own staff admits that Donald Trump fails the most important test of being an American president, the duty to care for you, for all of us. You know, it's also been reported that he'll block any funding for more testing and tracing in the next COVID relief bill, which is being discussed right now on the floor of the United States Congress. Just as states report record cases and hospitalizations and deaths continue to rise, this man simply doesn't understand. He can't deal with our economic crisis without serving and saving and solving the public health crisis. For all his bluster about his... All right, I can't find the ad. It was being shown to me in mass yesterday. Oh, here it is. I just went to the... 
Oh, wow. isn't that crazy? I went to the homepage on YouTube and it's right there. It's, it just happens to be the one they're pushing right now and it's unlisted. I'm going to save this in my notes. Thank you, Joe, for sponsoring. I'm just kidding. For paying to get this on the show. Um, let's watch this ad. As a proud Democrat, but I will govern as an American president. I work as hard for those who don't support me as those who do. That's the job of a president. The duty to care for everyone. For everyone. It's not even a good ad. So let's... The duty to... I kind of want to watch this real quick, frame by frame. He says, the duty to care for everyone. Oh, and look, there's a... Uh, is that a white union worker? Remember we had that... Uh, yeah, union, yes, a white union worker there. Um, remember that woman we watched earlier? What was her name? Debbie something? Um, Co-chair DNC or something like that. And uh, she was saying she taught that we that uh, the Democrats needed to talk and reach out to white union workers, which was kind of weird to hear Democrats say that. But uh, the last frame here, actually, no, I guess this is a different duty of care, Ed. Um, duty to care mh what is mh anyone know what mh would mean i i know i know this is kind of a sidebar all right let's go to the next thing um actually no i want to cover the duty of care a little bit more here this is what the government of the uk is pushing to, to regulate all of our speech everywhere everyone who uses the internet would have to comply with this and it would just give um, them a foot in the door to start pushing whatever they want on every company. That is, the UK government could tell Float, one of my favorite sites, flote.app, um, that they couldn't, that they'd have to change the way they moderate. They can't just be a, a beacon of free speech. They have to uh, toe the establishment line. Look at this. Um, they have, they're forcing, they're saying that uh, there's an overarching duty of care that they have to make sure they're terms and service you know cover exactly what they want them to cover they have to uh enforce their terms of service so it's not enough just to put it in the rules it has to be um enforced prevent known terrorist or csea content from being made available to users how do we how does that work oh that's the gif ct database do you guys know what the gif ct database is uh those are letters by the way it's a acronym gif ct database it's um global internet forum to counter terrorism it's a, a database of file hashes so ways that they can quickly identify content now not everybody has ways to cross-reference files that are being uploaded with uh hashes in a massive database so who's going to pay for that processing and uh, i don't even care i don't want it to happen because, yes, I see the point. You don't want, like, a behead. You want to, I'm sure they want a way that they can outlaw content. They like, Oh, a new beheading video is out. Somebody got beheaded in Paris. Well, we can just ban it off the entire internet in one fail swoop. That's what they want. And uh, it's also going to be very, I don't know. The, the days of free speech on the internet are running out. That's why I put together this site, by the way groupdiscover.com where we can all work on collaborating on finding the best videos from across the internet and sharing and rating and the best stuff gets to the top and then we can go share it on our social pages 
So groupdiscover.com if you want to join me over there. But um, I wanted to see how many GIFCT databases, uh, or how many files, number of hashes in GIFCT database. They say they have more than 200,000 unique hashes. And that's, that's like summer of last year. So they can just put whatever they want. How, how many pieces of terrorist content are there? 200,000 seems like a lot. And uh, that's what they're trying to push is make everybody use these global databases to prevent sharing of content. It says here that people have to take prompt, transparent, and effective action following user reporting. So they have to, I mean, they're training people to be snitches, right? I think we can see that. People are being conditioned to be snitches with uh, positive reinforcement and, and modeling. And, um, and they're, they're going to weaponize that. And they're going to force companies to, to listen to the, the squeaky wheels and give them grease support. So this is, uh, they're saying a duty of care. All companies have this duty of care. This is the UK government trying to push this support law enforcement investigations to bring criminals who break the law online to justice, direct users who have uh, suffered harm to support probably more indoctrination or something, uh, regularly review their efforts in tackling harm and adapt their internal processes to drive continuous improvement. Wow. So duty of care sounds nice, guys. It's kind of like machine learning fairness. But you have to look at the intent. You have to look at the actions. And when you look at the intent and the actions, uh, you'll quickly see that duty of care is an Orwellian phrase to buy them time as they roll out outright tyranny. Oh, this is weird. Um, I, I've got to be really careful about what I say on YouTube. But Joe Biden uh, is seen with a certain granddaughter arriving. And act, there's another video of him getting onto the plane. Um, and this granddaughter has been in the news lately in regards to Hunter. And possibly some inappropriate contact. And, and the mother, uh, Bo's ex-wife, being... Uh, really upset with the situation. Now, this is all alleged. This has not been verified. But, um, like, why is why is this person um, being brought into this at this point in the campaign? I mean, it's it's all like not a good look for people who like me have been looking into this. Um, where where's the here we go. So that's Joe with his granddaughter. Who some people say was found on the laptop of hunters. And uh, some very strange correspondence about her has been uncovered about between the Bidens. And it's, 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 it's weird. It's, I can't even really go into it here. You'll have to do your own research. All right. Oh, yeah, that's a funny quote, Bob. Bob Mule says, uh, snitches get rewards. What a crazy quote. And someone actually said that. Was it Cuomo or was it uh, 
Gardetti. What's the guy? Uh, I forgot his name in LA. All right. So let's let's listen to this. Uh, people are asking uh, if Kamala is campaigning drunk. I'll let you be. I'll let you be the judge. We are nine days away from the end of this election. Nine days, and every single one of these days leading up to November 3rd, Tuesday, November 3rd, is going to determine the outcome of this election. And you in Michigan are going to determine who will be the next president of the United States and vice president of the United States. <laughs> you all are gonna make the difference. So it's so good to be back, but here's the thing. So in 2016, okay, now I know we all still got our PTSD about what that was all about, right? In 2016, in the various districts, in terms of precincts in Michigan, Two votes on average in each precinct in Michigan determine the outcome of that race. Two votes on average in each precinct in Michigan was the difference between one outcome and what we got. So think about that, though. The significance of each vote in Michigan will determine who will be the next president of the United States. That is the power of you. That speaks to the power of you. But they lost. They lost. I don't know how they're powerful. The people you're talking to in the crowd lost last time. And you all know that. That's why on this Sunday afternoon, we're all hanging out in the parking lot of UAW. Because we know the power is with the people. And so this is about just seeing it through and getting the job done. So Kamala Harris, again, uh, show wouldn't be complete without a Kamala Harris clip there. But uh, actually, speaking of the show being complete, we are at the end of the news. I want to make one quick plug inviting you over to groupdiscover.com where we are uh, cataloging the best inter the best videos from across the internet in a smart catalog. So the way it works is for every video, uh, you can come in here. This is Derek Bros's new video that I shared. Um, if you haven't seen it, Darkest Winter, I'm going to share that in uh, the chat. And by the way, when you're wanting to share a video, there's just a quick button here. You copy the URL, and then you can uh, paste it on your social feed or send it in an email or a text or something. But uh, the way it works is that every video and every person, every person can rate every video uh, between one and five stars. And then the computer will come up with the best recommendations for us all without a creepy algorithm. It just uses uh, what people like the best. And it also uses machine learning to come up with recommendations. That's the, what I was showing you earlier. Um, Apache Mahout. So it's got a lot of really cool tech packed into this uh, software here, and it's going to allow us to find and share the best videos. So uh, I, I'm pushing this not only because it supports the channel uh, financially, uh, but also because it supports the channel informationally. 
Um, and it, it allows us all to benefit from finds that we make across the internet. So uh, I urge you to sign up groupdiscover.com. Uh, there's a coupon uh, discount going on right now. YT Purge 2020. Let me put that in the chat. In the chat. YT Purge 2020. And that makes it uh, 50% off. It's just $4 a month. And it's uh, billed annually. So you, you just um, get, you basically buy a year and then you forget about it. Uh, you can cancel, you can, uh, de- you know, delete the account at any time. Um, but you don't have to worry about, you know, getting every month. And uh, if you don't like it, uh, cancel the plan. But it really does support the channel. And I, I'd love to see more people on there sharing videos. Uh, so the, co- the code is YTPurge2020. 2020 and the site is group discover.com and uh lots of interesting videos on here that you probably won't find without signing up um and i'm i'm scouring all these different sites and, and bringing my favorite videos everyone's got different videos that they like um and that's that's fine it's all accounted for with this approach because um if people like the videos they can share it and if they don't, they can just give it one star or two stars, and the community will decide what's the best content. So that's that's one of my ideas that um, I'm trying to use to get the information out there. And uh, I'm going to launch this new site here uh, to explain it better, because um, I spent most of my time working on the the actual software, the actual system, and. Uh, people don't really understand what it, what it is. So try to explain that a little bit better with this, uh, this new homepage. Let me go to the home home. So yeah, it's all about smart tools for content discovery. So I I spent a lot of time building this from scratch and, uh, it's fit for perfect fit for purpose. So we can, uh, really hit the ground running catalog, all the stuff we find, uh, definitely, Leave me a comment on one of the videos I shared if you signed up, and I'll make sure to follow you. And um, I also just go to the video page. So uh, if you signed up, start sharing some videos. Don't don't be afraid to share videos. Just click that new video button and paste a link. Um, I recommend going to sites like BitChute. I think they improved their uh, search on BitChute a lot. Uh, so search through BitChute, search through LBRY. Uh, those videos are going to last longer than finding things on YouTube. So that's where a lot of these videos are linked to um, in terms of the documentaries I already have there. And I think I've got probably more than 100 uh, full documentaries on here and uh, more being added all the time. So thank you, uh, everybody, for watching. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Um, oh, man, this this woman with the clown makeup. Uh, <laughs> how is that serious? I mean, it's not serious, but like, how can they go that far? That's the question I want to ask. How can they take it that far and people still go, oh, I guess, uh, I guess we, we shouldn't fight back. It's like how, how little they, they respect us and how much do they, they, they jerk us around so much and the people just put up with it and put up with it and put up with it and clamor and call for more. And I, I'm trying my best to first understand how so many people can be uh, beguiled and confused and misled. And then the second half of the question is, how do we combat that and get people to use their critical thinking?
and their their rational minds. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let me give some shout outs. Italian Carrot Red, thanks for being here. Uh, Tim Giddy, thanks for uh, stopping by. Uh, Magic Monkey, Cyber Dissident, thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, time, time for Truth, good to see you. I think I saw um, Wide Awake earlier. Bob Mule, thanks for uh, stopping by, Bob. And I hope everybody has a great day. More streams to come, more videos to come. And uh, so stay tuned for that. We are working off the backup channel on YouTube right now. So make sure you're on the, uh, connected to that channel or on the BitChute or LBRY. Uh, BitChute, by the way, is going kind of slow. It takes them uh, some time to get the videos up. Let me show you what I'm seeing on BitChute. Uh, well, they finally published this one here, my commentary on the Senate Commerce Committee. But like my news, my news rundown from October 27th is still processing. I'm, I'll probably just re-upload it. Sometimes that helps. But um, I was watching this video the other day. It's kind of funny. A, a documentary called Michael about the Obamas. Um, so I appreciate everyone being here. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. And uh, you can always reach me at timtruth at protonmail.com if you want to uh, contact me. Or you can uh, DM me on Twitter. I'm timtruth1 on Twitter. Uh, and if you really want to make my day, consider signing up for groupdiscover.com and start sharing videos with me and see all the videos I've shared over there. And uh, we can take the conversation onto that site also. So thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, you all rock.